0: Lowe's. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for Pro Business Hours, 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe's where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready. This feels terrible This feels terrible I don't know the first thing
1: about love Hello, welcome to This Feels Terrible, the podcast. I'm your host, Erin McGaffey. Uh, we're back. We're back on track. We, uh, we're back to, uh, doing the podcast every week. Sorry about the delay. A lot of, a lot of stuff happened. A lot of travel, a lot of boring things. It doesn't matter. But, uh, but we're back and I'm so excited to share this week's episode with you. My guest on the show this week is, uh, the amazingly talented and fantastic, uh, Shadi Patowski, who is the creator of Puny Entertainment. Uh, they've done stuff for yo gabba gabba, yo gabba gabba, yo gabba gabba. Um, uh, I don't know how it's possible to trip over a noise that a baby makes. Yo gabba gabba, nerdist, um, Uh, Puny does a ton of interactive things. And also, fun fact, if it wasn't for Puny and it wasn't for Shadi, I don't know if Feral would be around. Uh, Shadi did a lot to help us get started, and she's amazing. Um, Also, Shadi happens to be our first uh, trans guest on the show on This Feels Terrible. Uh, You can hear her also on uh, She Did the Nerdist podcast, and um, I don't know why I'm plugging another podcast. But that's a good podcast too, and those are nice people on the podcast. Hey guys, <laughs> um, I, uh, I mean, maybe I sound a little weird, maybe I don't. I'm Dustin, and I are sitting in my incredibly uh, messy office right now, where I am making a uh, a giant monstrosity that you will see sometime soon. I can't say what it is, but I am covered in uh, dirt and clay and uh, I haven't showered in a long time. Uh, and you know that you're dirty when you when you say to your friend like, oh, I'm really dirty. And he just says, yeah, <laughs> yes, 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 you are. Um, there's frosting on my desk also. Uh, I'm doing great, you guys. Um, but actually I am. I'm am doing great. Uh, Oh, here's a thing. This is a random thing. If you are a listener in the North Carolina area, I'm going to be at the Mountain Oasis Music Festival, um, which is happening October 25th uh, through the 28th, I believe. I have two tickets for that festival, and I would like to give them to a "This Feels Terrible" listener. So, the first person to email me at thisfeelsterrible.com dot um, I'll give you the tickets, and and uh, you can meet me and my brother. I'm not performing at the festival. I'm just going to go see Neutral Milk Hotel. Neutral Milk Hotel, or was I? Oh, so if you're if you're in the area, or if you feel like uh, traveling to Asheville, North Carolina, on October twenty fifth uh if you email me um i want to give them to somebody who well i don't know i guess it doesn't matter i was going to say somebody who has a friend so they're not going by themselves <laughs> um but you know what if you don't have any friends that's okay too uh so yeah it's a we. oh they're weekend pass tickets like they're really nice tickets so you just put a wristband on your wrist and you guys know how wristbands work. God, why am I so bad at intros? Um. All right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, start this podcast. Please enjoy my interview with the wonderful Shadi Petaske.
0: As I was coming here, I had this idea that if I drank some apple juice because I heard this thing, that I'll sound like a beautiful lady.
1: Oh, are you are you self conscious? Are you insecure about your voice sounding too masculine? Yeah, look like at dude. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I I, mean, I think your voice sounds feminine.
0: I think that people say that when they see it with face, but like on the phone, you know, and if you're without context, it's just completely, hello, sir, thanks for calling. You know, whenever I call, well, you,
1: you know, your voice is lower in your head than it is, uh, than we hear it. That's true of everybody.
0: <laughs> I appreciate. It. <laughs> I
1: appreciate
0: like, I you think... trying to make me feel good about it but I'm just saying <laughs> that like on the phone if I call like the credit card company or anybody it's always like sir 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 really um, yeah okay. and it's like the weirdest thing because I have to go like now I say I used to say like I'm transgender you should I want to be called ma'am but now I say on the like... phone
1: like with a credit card company yeah can we to... okay can we just can we, we try that sure can we role play with that oh slide? yeah yeah That's okay just about... all right uh, let's let's say I'm your uh, your uh, your bank. You're calling your bank. Uh huh. Right. Uh, Bank of America, this is Sharon.
0: Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I was trying to call Wells Fargo.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, sir. Click. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Ling 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 ring. Uh Wells Fargo, this is Mandy.
0: Oh yeah, hi. Um, I was calling about account ending in seven one six six and um uh i'm having some problems with fandango they like multiply charged me and i'd like okay to...
1: sir uh i'm gonna bring up oh your... i'm sorry
0: um mm-hmm. i know i have a deep voice but i uh, i'm actually not a sir
1: oh uh i'm sorry ma'am uh let me bring up your file how do i how do i spell your first name
0: are you sure you're not having computer problems right now? Oh, am <laughs> like, I having... <laughs> I don't know. It's the, it's like <laughs> always the thing.
1: Oh, really? They say I'm yeah, having it's, computer well, problems? Well, and that's
0: the thing, too. Here we get into it. Sorry for breaking, okay, well, for well, breaking this improv. But well, like... maybe...
1: Well, because my question was, what what do they do? So let's switch. I'll be you. Oh, no, no. you We did it, though. <laughs> oh, we did? Okay. Yeah, we did it. That's what I was what just it excited is. about it, real And point. now
0: you're, like, confused
1: <laughs> okay. as
0: the operator. And mm-hmm. now you're... Um, I, you know, I don't know how to improv, so I'm just going to explain it as if I'm writing. It. Um, hey, but man, now, life is
1: life is improv. Now
0: you'll keep saying "Sir," no matter what I say about it. It'll really? Because it's in your because yeah. it's a it's of like you, you just like we're just we're we just do that so quickly. Yeah, I, I, I feel, read something. Oh,
1: well, sorry. I was going to say like as uh, you you and I have been friends for about a year, maybe, mm-hmm. and I. I with all my girlfriends always I always say hey guys just now I said hey man with all my girlfriends I always say man and then I feel I feel sometimes I'm like oh no did I call Uh, shatty man because I call every girlfriend no
0: I know I know that I get scared of that because I feel like I put people in a position of like walking on eggshells around me because they're worried like Kat Burns was talking about like you should come to this dance class you'll sweat balls and then she's like oh I'm sorry
1: <laughs> I, was like, I was like no, I get
0: like i I completely understand the difference between like you know like slang and right. the sir like think I mean i I'm not gonna like man and dude I say man and dude and all that stuff I say man all the time to, okay. to any I know what's genderless and what's not
1: right, gotcha what you what really, to really bothers be, you is when someone refers to you as he like that that's it'll, the be, thing. it'll be
0: it'll be it'll be something that's a reflection of how somebody's seeing me that mm. makes me realize that I'm not a she to them.
1: What, what are some recent examples of that?
0: Um, well, like I went to this party. You're like was, when you
1: came over. I know. And, I'm uh, like, yeah. It's
0: like, it, cause it happens every day. Um. So, or almost every day. Like I, it's, it's kind of like the workplace injury chart at this point where it's like zero days, <laughs> you know, like one day without being called Um. that. But like, Um. I mean, kind of a, a, a bad one was I was at this party in West Hollywood and it was like um, my friend was doing this thing called Glory Hill, which is this like sex positivity party and all this stuff. And I'm not even right. very sex positive, but it's like, oh, West Hollywood, like I'm going to go, you know, yeah. do that thing. And so I got like I put a ton of makeup on and I felt like really good and I'm going to West Hollywood and then there's I'm talking to this painter and um you know, we we're talking for a while and he's talking about how he loves to paint beautiful women and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just listening to him. He's like 60. And then I hang around with a couple incredibly beautiful women. Mm-hmm. So that also is like what's really messed up. Because, you know, like, like Mia, mm-hmm. you know, just w- whenever we're out, guys are hitting on her constantly and I'm just sitting. I'm, I'm invisible. Right. You know, so that, you know, that dynamic is very strange. Plus, she's also four foot nine and I'm 5'11". So he immediately turns his attention to her and then starts talking to her. And then he was like, and then he kept saying, like, well, like I was telling him, referring to me. Uh, And then, and you know, in the past, I've always just been like, cry, 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 run away, go lay in bed and think about killing myself. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, it's just been so... It's like, I, I was born wrong. This is the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But th- now I'm starting to stand up for myself. Not in like an aggressive way, but it's just a little bit more like, and and I've gone through different phases of how to stand up for myself with that. But it's just sort of like, I was like, oh, hey, like I'm transgender. Um, I don't really like to be called he. I don't even tell people that they have to call me she. Mm-hmm. I just like, even like a they is kind of cool. But if it's like, so it's like, I don't like to be called he. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well... It's confusing, and I'm like, I know. Well, yeah, I know, but like, you know, I just don't want to be called. And he said, um, uh, "Well, just look at yourself." Jesus. Yeah, he's like, "Grow up."
1: Grow up.
0: Yeah, and he said something else. I can't even remember. The well, rest is of that it. A,
1: is that a generational thing? Because you said that he was sixty.
0: It, well, and n- that's
1: and that's obviously like a spe- specific to him.
0: I think it can be, but I was just, yeah um no it's it's about each individual viewer that's what you realize is like you go through life when you're trans and somebody's like well hello miss nice to see you today thanks for coming you know and then Mm. somebody else is like hello sir and it's like within 10 minutes and you haven't done shit differently right right? like you look exactly the same you're walking and talking and moving the same and one person says one thing and one person says the other thing it's not about me it is about me definitely like if i was not five eleven and not what I look like it would be you know if I was more passable they call it it'd be different but each viewer kind of has their own thing and then each person with their own thing so I get that but it's still like for me it really doesn't matter I don't really think about like well I'm gonna like be sensitive about grandpa being racist right because, when I'm the one he's being racist to you know it's not adorable at that point it's just sort of like yeah. hurts it's really bad and especially when he says like, well, look, just look at you, because that's the thing that gets me. Is that like where things go wrong for me is when I kind of project, like I, I, I reimagine what that person is seeing, and then I imagine like the worst photograph I ever took, or like the ones, well, any photograph that isn't a selfie that I took, <laughs> that I, you know, it's just like, or you know, for anybody else who's not out there, we call ourselves trans, or 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 who's not trans, we call ourselves trans, but we call you cis. C-I-S, and it means kind of like the opposite of or on the same side as the gender and the biology that you were sort of born in. But you're called cis and we're called trans. And so like for any cis person, it's kind of like... I think it's the equivalent of like, you know, when you get that really bad photo from like below and you're laughing or something and you're just like, who is that person? Like that doesn't, that doesn't look like me, but you know, it's you and it can kind of hit you kind of hard because yeah. it's just like, this is not. Or at
1: certain times of your life, just any picture. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. Yeah. If you, you know, if you gain weight and you're sensitive about that. um, So, um, but it's that, it's that thing where it's like, that's not what I look like. That really like shakes up my perception of who i am and my identity that's kind of what happens in those moments it's like looking at that worst picture and it's just like
1: gotcha and in those moments how much of that is gender identity and how much of that is just identity identity
0: um probably a lot of it is identity identity like i get as much i get hung up on being tall as but it all kind of get like i think because when you're trans like so much stuff i think it it's similar to like sort of an alcoholic and i've i've had a, like a lot of um talks with sober people who you know we kind of get each other's stories mm-hmm. or people like or like somebody on twitter was talking about like losing a lot of weight um and talking about the massive identity change there but it's it's sort of like um Wait, where? Or, oh, identity, identity. You kind of conflate all those problems because when you grow up trans, like from, you know, I was four years old and five years old and six years old and seven years old and eight year old, and all of that sort of like trauma of feeling wrong and being mistaken and not playing in the right way and not being able to do what I wanted to do and all of that sort of trauma that happens mm-hmm. is like, is, it is the problem. And if like a fairy godmother came down and transformed you into a girl, Everything would be great. So I think that I do have that problem where it's like, well, I'm tall. But if I was, uh, you know, born female and tall, I could deal with that. It'd be like one thing. Or I'm overweight is a problem. You know, it's a problem. Right. But if I was born female and overweight, I could deal with that. And if I was tall and overweight as a, you know, born female, I could deal with that. So it always kind of comes back to that gender, which is probably not that healthy of thinking, is that what you were asking, sort of?
1: Yeah. I mean and 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 I'm going to wanna to talk to you about your childhood in a second. But um <laughs> so cool it on the childhood talk. Mm. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um well because I mean obviously it's uh gender identity is a is I mean, is its own thing. I mean it's just interesting, like you talking about going going out with Mia, who's like this adorable little beautiful uh japanese uh flower that can walk um what a dumb thing that was to say what
0: is, <laughs> she's a and with no personality <laughs> or uh or no, no, any, no 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 no, she's, no, I mean, like, uh, no but we're not talking about
1: her personality exactly. we're talking about like we're talking her, about you're like, talking
0: about how guys see her
1: yes yes yeah. and like I've, I've walked around with her and felt um I mean i no one can ever say that they know how somebody feels, and i don't I can't say that I ever know how you feel, but I know that as like I'm, I'm five ten, and I'm not skinny. And like walking around with her, like I, I've felt like a ghost before. Like I have, I have a lot of beautiful, sexy friends. I feel kind of like meh about myself right now. I felt, I felt better about myself right now than I have at other times in my life when I've been like, you know, two hundred and fifty pounds and just been like, I, which is what I weigh. Thinks a lot. <laughs> well, two two hundred and fifty pounds kidding. as a sixteen year old girl. Uh, yeah. yeah um, no,
0: I think that's all super relatable. You don't have to. Count it in any kind of like you know i don't know how you're feeling because you do and i think it is right. very similar well and
1: I well, and i'm not saying this in a defensive way it's just interesting to me like the like i wonder like when you when you're talking about you know like on top of feeling like you are not uh owning your body or you feel you have this weird relationship with your body as it is you also have like a a contentious relationship with you the with with what you were born with right so like they're i mean i'm overly simplifying it so but but you you talking about that is interesting to me like because i because i see you going through all this stuff obviously and 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 clearly like it's it has most to do with the gender stuff but then on top of that these other things that 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 I, and I, I I don't want to compare my experience to yours or anyone's, but like, I've been going through all this, like identity stuff. I feel
0: like it's super relatable. And when you and Kate who are tolerant women talk about that, or Kate, well, has texted me several times and said, like, she'll be walking down the street with Rob and some guy yelled out the window, like your girlfriend's a dude, like tall women in gay bars get like called trans all the time. So like, I think it's totally relatable in that way I think the biggest difference is is that when you're out in the world while people are judging you for maybe being overweight or or tall or not like the ideal man or ideal woman or ideal Mm. whatever ideal queer person or ideal gay man or whatever um when you're not the ideal no one's saying like nobody's slipping up and saying like oh um you know can I take your order fatty can I take your yeah, order? Yeah, you know, yeah. Can I take your yeah. order? Too tall, right? Like, so it's not like there's no indication. You can kind of guess that maybe they're thinking those sorts of things, but there's no real indication. Can I, I take just, your
1: uh, order, fatty? I know, <laughs> you know. Oh no, he accidentally called me fatty instead of skinny. Yeah, You're he, he,
0: he called <laughs> but me sir. Fat.
1: I would. I'd prefer to be called skinny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I just appreciate it if you didn't call me fatty because I don't identify as fat.
1: Yeah, you know, I totally. You know. Yeah,
0: and that's really applicable I think I think that when people are trying to understand what the fuck transgender is I think it's I think it's not that different than when you gain a lot of weight and you kind of maybe don't notice it and then you're sitting in an airplane seat or you're climbing steps and you're like whoa I put on a lot of weight and right and, and it's see like someone say something but until but, those moments where it's like pointed right. out to you you maybe not don't know it or if it's like um I'm getting old you know people talk about that all the time like Elderly people will say, "Like, who's this old man in the mirror? Who's this old woman? Like, where did this old man come from? Where did these wrinkles right. come from?" You don't notice that every second of the day. Yeah, you only notice that when you're looking in the mirror and you're and you're paying attention, or you notice those crow's feet are coming, like,
1: or when you no. see, it, especially in LA, like, of like a like a very old woman dressing in a like a really provocative way, and, and you're like, did, "Did she? In the shittiest way possible, do you? Does she know how, <laughs> yeah. how old she is?" um she might not really yeah but i i mean as i'm talking about this like again they're not i mean like we can kind of imagine what that feels like but but they're but they're not really comparable because if someone was to say if someone was to accidentally call me a he i'm in no way insecure about being people thinking that i'm a woman like it's not something that i have to worry about ever but i i could i i mean that that would kind of rock my world like i can't imagine i mean it's a i don't know well, i don't want to talk a, about ha- this in a way where i'm like i feel sorry for you because you're going through this you're but like
0: sympathetic
1: well it, <laughs> yeah which is so, nice. yeah <laughs> that's well, nice
0: we- <laughs> no i think that those things are comparable i just think that society isn't set up to sort of like acknowledge and flag those things constantly but i have a friend um you know living in la she's butch or you know lesbian but just doesn't and and she gets called he all the time we've been hung out and like and she gets called out in the crowd at a a show or something and it's like sir because of the way she dresses and the way she looks and she's like completely secure in her masculinity but like Mm. i'm not like i don't think of myself as like sort of like a masculine person like i want to be like a different kind of girl and so like when people call me he it really fucks me up yeah because it's just like it's just like oh right and especially now that I'm you know so much about obviously like wearing mascara or um you know or whatever isn't innate that's not like some biological thing
1: well what brand are you buying
0: (laughs) I'm buying (laughs) L'Oreal
1: oh no 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 you gotta wear come (laughs) on I have read so many oh this is the (laughs) great
0: don't tell me that, that that pink one the Maybelline pink one
1: no, I, I, was, I was just kidding. I, I I wear L'Oreal, actually.
0: Oh, good. So have you tried a benefit?
1: Have you tried benefit? No. That's well,
0: great. I just went, you know, like, okay, so you, <laughs> this, this, all, I started this sort of second social transition um, about a year ago. I did, I just went on and I was like, what's the best mascara? And I think I tried, I did like a natural... Some kind of, na- anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the, like the clear? I mostly have good, no, it's like, um, it's like in a green bottle and it's like Maybelline na- Naturals or something, but it mm. it's too light for me. I need like thicker.
1: Stuff. Yeah. I like, I like long. But the like L'Oreal the Ultimate lash. Blush,
0: Yeah. That stuff is good. Yeah. And, um. And I found it, and it worked. And then I, you know, like I had um, Genevieve, who's a makeup artist. I think you
1: mm-hmm. know, Genevieve yeah, Lamb.
0: Yeah, Genevieve Lamb. She came and did like this makeover, and then brought me makeup shopping. So like I have like oh, awesome. sweet stuff like for everything else. Like, um, Perfect. Yeah, it's
1: nice. So let's talk about your. Um... Well, I'm sorry. Oh just, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, No, my point was
0: that that's obviously not innate. Mascara isn't some like innate quality that's like biologically ingrained. So like so much of what I'm doing is is social and I'm trying to fit in. Mm -hmm. And so like when I'm making this effort to fit in, then it's like the effort, you know, it's part of the reason I don't like to be called he is because like sort of the effort is just like completely glossed over. And it's like, God damn it. I like, (laughs) I like got up and like did this stuff and like I'm doing, I'm performing gender in like a really conventional Mm. way. Like at least recognize that no matter what you think is going on between my legs or what you see size wise or whatever.
1: Interesting. Um, is like, are you, is the way that you're dressing aligning with, with your own aesthetic or is it when you say performing gender, are you like, what is the most female way I can dress? Like, what is your, what, what wins out in the end?
0: Oh yeah. I think it is my, it is my aesthetic. I think I'm doing pretty close to what, yes, the, to what feels right. Cause I'm not wearing I mean, a couple of friends of mine have told me that I look better, like, I pass better in, like, a dress. But I don't feel, and maybe it's because of the way I was raised or whatever, but I I, I just don't feel that comfortable in a dress. I feel like I'm trying too hard or something, and mm-hmm. so, like, I mostly wear, you know, jeans and, like, a top, and then, so it's, like, a little, I know that that isn't, that kind of isn't great all the time, like, as far mm-hmm. as, like, performing gender or whatever, you know, whereas if I, like...
1: Had a bustle and yeah, (laughs) a little parasol.
0: Yeah, that's all. And a lot of (laughs) trans women do that stuff. Like they, you know, they, um, and I kind of this is going to get me yelled at by any trans listeners, but you know, kind of the older they are, I think the more they tend to go that way. Mm. Like it's just sort of like they dress how their mom dressed when they remembered their mom dressing, which was like, you know. 40 so, years ago yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's just like it's 80s flower print yeah. polyester dresses and like high heels right. and stuff but i don't right. wear i don't wear heels because i mean i actually like really like the way that you know you stand in heels and i like the way that they look on women but i don't want to be taller mm-hmm. so i always wear flats that's
1: how that's how i am um but being tall is nice just (laughs) for utility for utility (laughs) well i I, yeah i mean i there was a long time when i was like I how tall i am i don't know i'm just saying that to myself literally when i said being tall is nice i was speaking to a voice in my head (laughs) it was like a dumb tall person um
0: who is that who is that voice what is that object in your head that doesn't like that
1: um, hmm, I think maybe like middle school, high school, because I, I, was, I was, I shot up when I was like 10 years old and was a, a foot taller than everyone else, so, uh yeah and and uh and a tomboy so it was just like this mo- and and fatter than everyone else so it's just this big monster so just being taller is just being bigger just this constant struggle with like well we talked about bigger. this stuff we
0: related before but like yeah feeling like a monster that's often what i feel like it's just just like complete Aww. yeah thanks um, <laughs> no but you know it's, it's just like total struggle. beast and when i think about dating and what a guy is interested in it's just like it just doesn't feel like it lines up and so that's usually sort of what's in my head it's just like that dude that's just like wow you're you're as big as me or bigger than me or i don't know it just seems to limit that whole speaking
1: of things being in your head like back to like that that painter guy at the party or i mean you know this but like that all of that stuff is all about those people like it seems like you know, you, you, you take it so personally, but that's all just their own experience. It's their just a own, lot
0: like... of people. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and it's Shitty, and but... it's
0: also like, you know, the thing is, is it's sometimes, you know, that where people talk about that, like, oh, it's about them or it's their, you know, like, if I cry about it on Facebook, because, you know, social media is like a great outlet for me and most trans people, because it's like social media is where you can take like a picture and it's pretty and Mm -hmm. you feel good and and then you're writing with text so nobody can hear you and nobody can see all of you and Mm -hmm. so it's just a really controlled environment so you can feel pretty and you can feel desirable and you you know it's like the internet has been great for trans people i think any queer spectrum people it's been great you're able to Mm -hmm. type like i'm gay before you can like say it It depending on where you're raised but um so it's, like, a really good outlet, and I get a lot of, like, validation and, and good feelings from there because there's, like, a lot of trans women friends that are in Chicago or different places. So people will respond on social media and say, like, they're an asshole. But right. the thing is, is, like, the other night I was at a party, and somebody said, like, hey, can you put this wine on the table? And I did How it. How dare they? Yeah. I mean, it was just, like, we're <laughs> It's
1: sitting- about them, Shaddy. We
0: were sitting on a couch, <laughs> and they're, like, can you put the wine on the table? And I'm, like, sure. And they're, like, thank you, sir. Well— and I lost it. Like, I couldn't <laughs> handle it because it wasn't about them. That person was not an asshole at all. Right. And, like, yesterday I went to Bird's and and was having lunch. And um, and the waiter, who waits on me frequently because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I live in that neighborhood and everybody knows who I am. And he's just like, hello, ladies, with me and my friend. He's like, hello, ladies. He's doing all that stuff. He's, like, going overboard almost. <laughs> and then when I place my order, he's like... Well, thank you, sir, when he takes the menu. I and it's order. just like, God damn it. It's not that he's an asshole. And, yeah, then, and, yeah. he, and he tried to recover. He totally was like, later on, he was like, thank you, ma'am. And he like touched me on the back of the shoulder. Like he was like signaling to me that he like heard it because people right. do hear it. Yeah. And knew it and yeah. was apologizing for it. And it was just like without making a big deal out of it, but it still hurts. It doesn't matter. It's they're not assholes. It's well, not I'm not. All.
1: I'm not trying to take away from it. Yeah. hurting. Like, yeah, of course, of course, it hurts. Well, and I'm not. And I don't. I, I'm also not saying that those people are assholes because I think I think that that guy at the party, like him saying like, "Come on," like that that that, that guy's an asshole. But but, but it's like,
0: most. But most of the day to day, most of the sirs and he's and stuff that happen are people like you and me. I mean, right? I would. I would maybe do that too. I don't have many trans friends in real life, but I would maybe do that. You know, like you're just—it's kind of, just kind of in there. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, I know that people aren't at fault, and like, you know, there's things that I've—I've I've read. Like it was talking about, like, think about how quickly we regender. It's like when you're driving down the freeway and you're passing a car, mm-hmm. you know if the driver is. A man or woman in like a split second mm-hmm. like coming up from behind on a car through a windshield a darkened silhouette like you make that read really quickly so like the i mean the, the amount of time that our brain is like reading gender and deciding is so fast and so like, like core kind of thing that it's not even like, right. it's not, I'm not, I'm not being judgmental on the other people that do that stuff, but it still hurts me.
1: Does, does this experience, has this like experience, when I say experience, I mean, it's been this giant journey. Has Has this journey made you see like strangers differently? Has it made you like judge people differently? Because we've all had the experience of... You know, just about everyone that we meet, once we get to know them, they're different from who we thought they were. Like, does it make you interact with people differently?
0: For sure. Like, there's, like... um, Well, I don't know exactly what you mean, but I I definitely, like... I I get into, like, a protective mode when somebody mm -hmm. makes that mistake, no matter how much I like them. I just... Kind of feel like I need to protect myself from them, and I might avoid yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And that's like a real shame, but it's it happens. And then there are other people that maybe like, um, there's this woman that we both know that like, I wasn't interested in, you know, like like you know, friendship. Like there was it was never like a oh my gosh, you're somebody I really want to get to know or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There was like a little girl crush thing going on, but it was mostly like. Yeah. But then she used the term "cis," which is like our language, and when mm-hmm. she spoke our language, it was immediately like, you're you see, you understand mm-hmm. in a way that other people don't understand," and right. so I, I immediately it was just like, you know, oh, I feel so much com- more comfortable around you just from like, using that terminology and having that that cultural understanding that no one else has, right? So yeah it changes things all the time
1: well let's talk so so tell me about uh growing up and like you were you talked about uh you mentioned being four five six seven eight you lived those ages i'm guessing i did, yeah. I did. And, I, and in
0: that order thanks for remembering oh
1: yeah yeah of course. <laughs> was, i'm a really good host
0: <laughs> you are. Yeah, i mean was, i
1: don't i don't want to make this about me but i also live those uh ages in that i you know, order. You,
0: this is i am imprinting on you so hard right now we've got the (laughs) the l'oreal mascara we both hit 250
1: yeah (laughs) but
0: there were a bunch of other things 250 club. i'm gonna single white female you
1: it'll just be like
0: can you call me aaron for the rest of this podcast
1: um sure i love your hair color We we have a we have a tea spillage a tea spillage Okay. Well, while we deal with this spill, we're gonna go to a break. Hey, guys! Commercial time. Um, uh, there is a website. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I haven't talked to anybody in a long time, let alone try to uh, speak into a microphone. Um, guys, uh, FeralAudio.com is my way, my favorite website. Uh I go there every day um to see what the hot new uh hot new podcast episodes are for that day. Um the uh the newest episodes are featured on the homepage. But you know what I also do? I get all my clothes from feralaudio.com I go to slash shop right? Yeah, that's where I go. I go there. <laughs> <and> I <laughs> that's my dog squeaking his toy. My dog and I sit and we go to feralaudio.com and we go to the shop and we pick out our clothes for that day uh, and we buy them. Uh, it's online. So we end up not getting them for a f- few days, but we wear clothes that we bought the days before. Uh and great news for us. There are new shirts at the feral audio shop, including uh, shirts for women. So check those out. Also, you know what I also buy? I buy episodes of This Feels Terrible live. Um, there are great live episodes of This Feels Terrible. A new one is about to uh to join the uh the live episode family. Uh they're only a dollar ninety-nine. And guess what? It's priceless laughter. <laughs> also, sleep. <laughs> Dust is their sleep at the Feral Audio website. Uh, check it out. Figure it out. Uh, Harvey and his squeaky toy say goodbye. Let's get back to the episode. All right. We're back. Oh. Uh, we're ready to. Uh, we've refreshed our drinks.
0: I'm kind of too drunky too drinky really yeah in mean, the middle of the day what time is it
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: ah
1: uh, can't uh, keep up with this McGathy lifestyle it's, it's, <laughs> this <is> a, <laughs> i only i only poured whiskey in my drink because you were drinking i'm going it on you. i only
0: this drink it was drinking dustin walked right in he he's i think you set up the podcasting equipment first but then it went right to the the bar
1: <laughs> look we're having a good time
0: i'm having a great
1: time the ladies who lunch uh, lunch being, uh, boozes. I like that. Um, Here's to the ladies who boozes. The boozes. Um, you know, it's fine. You have a big smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> you look more I'm happy. Relaxed.
0: I'm good. Ask me anything. Truth serum, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Because I came into this podcast... I was not gonna tell you anything.
1: <laughs> but now now that I've but gotten Oh
0: go ahead, ask me. Yes, yeah, So it's I was not drunk. Born you a you and I've
1: uh, you and I have had some very like drunk uh conversations. Like crying you know, I don't conversations.
0: Think I, yeah, we've had I yeah, I guess I didn't think of them as drunk conversations.
1: <laughs> well I don't I don't wanna diminish that at all. I
0: was drunk and you were drunk and they were wonderful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this will be great. Yeah. So your childhood. Yes. Let's let's talk about it. You grew up in Minnesota? No. Oh. Um,
0: Montana in northern Michigan. I oh, was okay. born in Montana.
1: But you moved to Minnesota later.
0: I moved to okay. more, I was twenty four when I moved to Minnesota. Okay. I, I people think I'm from Minnesota because I lived there. I lived there for the last 13 years okay at most of my adult life i'm older than most people think and then i so i lived there for like the last 13 years and started my company there okay so people think of me as the person from minnesota gotcha so that was but you're not of,
1: you're from montana originally
0: i was born in montana and then my mother was a single mother with me and my younger brother and um joined the air force and then moved to we grew up in the upper peninsula of michigan okay yeah so in incredibly rural areas like northwestern montana near glacier national park and northern michigan near marquette michigan you know no stop signs mm-hmm. total rural leave it to beaver upbringing
1: gotcha sure. so uh you mentioned earlier uh gender gender identity being a part of your life as early as four years old so what was what was that i
0: like? yeah i i mean there's like a million like little stories that i think Sometimes I'm worried that the story that I use the stories to justify who I am and what I am, but I remember like when I was like five years old traveling cross country with my mom and my little brother, we were moving from Montana to Northern Michigan, and my brother like um my mom gave my brother lip balm like she was putting on some like lip balm, and my brother was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, what's that? Can I try it?" and uh, my brother's tried a lot of things since <laughs> <for laughs> um and uh and i was terrified i i i grew up kind of feeling like if i did anything feminine or things mm. that i thought were feminine or f- or or what a woman would do or a girl would do that i would be that they that people could see into my soul uh-huh. and i would be like i don't even know what Ter- i was terrified you know i grew up like in those places you don't you never knew what gay was or trans was you just you're just terrified of like people knowing what you really are. So I feel like most of my childhood is very, you know, like introverted and sad. And there's this movie that came out called Gun Hill Road. That's about this trans girl like transitioning, I think, in high school, and she takes she won't go to the bathroom during class, so she takes the girls' bathroom pass in the middle of class, and it's like a problem that they warn the parents about but she sits in the bathroom the girl's bathroom on the toilet and has the door cracked open and listens to girls talk and that was like I feel like my entire life was just like completely invisible eye observer child you know participant not or not participant Mm -hmm. observational childhood and there are like a lot of things like when I was like maybe five years old like these girls showed me that they had like little you know like, little girl um, peel-off nail polish Like mm-hmm. that comes in, like, a not-real makeup kit. And right. I was, like, so excited about that. But I didn't really want them to know that I wanted to put it on. Right. So I waited until, like, they went inside and I came back and I found all the, like, little peelings. And then, like, got them and, like, stuck them on. And just, like, oh, a lot oh, of shit. That's... I would make my own makeup out of, like, watercolor paints and baby oil and ketchup like I had always make lip gloss out of ketchup which is really stingy <laughs> and shitty and like so there was like these really femme kind of things that I would do and That's so
1: creative th- and now you're an artist I'm-
0: uh yeah I guess so um yeah and I think it was all just this like like this like outside looking in what was your and relationship with... I'm getting with? a little teary, I guess.
1: Aww. What was your relationship with being a little boy when you were a little boy? Like, what was that like?
0: It wasn't welcome at all. Like, yeah. You know, like, I, I, I was on... I played t-ball and I played soccer, but I, was a, I wasn't I into sports at all. These are very... Like, you have to understand that when I when I think about these things, these are super sexist. Mm. These might sound really sexist, like me saying that I liked what girls like or I don't like what boys like or whatever um it's very sexist because plenty of girls like sports or whatever but for me it was just like i really
1: right but i, just, I mean but but in order for us to understand these things you still have to talk in those terms yeah, i mean yeah. i as as a girl who was a tomboy who hated makeup and hated nail polish That's like i am way. not offended by you talking no about i loved process, all that though.
0: stuff and i really i like uh, so you know it was just like most of my life was just um sort of being forced into things that I didn't really want to be in. And mm-hmm. then um, it it kind of was easier until a fifth grade. I, w- I had a single mom. Mm-hmm. And so she was kind of like more open to things. But like even her, like um, I would joke around with kids. I grew up on an Air Force base. My mom joined the Air Force with two kids to – Get out of Montana. Mm-hmm. My family is incredibly poor. That's the other thing. It's just like my grandfather still has an outhouse and gets his water from a crit, like a running stream. Yep. Yeah, like in, like poor Ultimate hipster.
1: Yeah, super
0: <laughs> hipster. No, like like real poverty. Poor. Right. Never never goes to the grocery store except for like powdered milk, like hunts meat, grows vegetables. Poor. Like that's the kind of family that my mother grew, came from and. That's the yeah. kind of life that my family lives and You know, my birth father lives with like 11 people in like a one-bedroom shack, essentially. And it's it's extreme, you gotcha. know, rural poverty. So we kind of came from that. So my, my mom joined the military, and then it was like a completely different lifestyle. But we grew up in family housing, which was kind of this big these big, like, fourplexes around sort of a center courtyard that was almost like a football field. So you kind of, like, and it was all families. Every single house had a family in them because it was military housing. So you went into the center. Your backyard was, like, a football field with everybody else's backyard, like, shared backyards.
1: Gotcha. It was,
0: like, really communal. So it was, like, just a ton of kids. So it was, like, I grew up just around, like, tons and tons and tons of kids and just didn't like a lot of the boy stuff and really was... Dreaming with the girl stuff. So there wasn't like a lot of forced sort of like masculinity on me. But there was like stuff that like I would, I trick the girls into trading clothes with me because it'd be so funny. Like I became, <laughs> I grew up very manipulative actually. Mm. And I stole a lot. I stole clothes. What did you steal? I stole clothes from girls all the time. And I sold like makeup and I sold I just stole stuff from girls. Would you? I stole, you, when I stole would you my wear neighbors' and My Little Ponies. Oh. I stole like four of my little ponies and kept them in this like disco lunchbox hidden in my yard.
1: Whoa. And it
0: like rusted and it was full of spiders, but it was still like My Little Ponies and they were all crusty and gross. But I like, like love yeah. them. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. So, um, so, like, there's like, I would trick girls into like trading clothes because it'd be hilarious. And then I'd wear them home. And like, I remember this one time wearing this dress home. And my mom was like, oh, that's so funny, you know, right. that you would do that. Like, that's so funny. And then it was like, oh, put it on your brother. Like, he has blonde hair. He looks so cute. And I remember, oh. I mean, I was like five because yeah. I remember where I lived. So I must have been five and and going in the basement and crying because my brother was cuter and he didn't even want to be a girl, you uh, know, like just that kind of shit all through childhood. Um,
1: when did know. when did you have the thought, I I i I was supposed to be born a girl why am i
0: earliest i don't ever not remember that mm. it was never like a difference so you know i've I've gone through a lot of therapy mm-hmm. but, um I was going to therapy five days a week for three years, just intensive therapy um and we get into that but yeah so if 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 any of this is social, it was before any earliest memories I never had any other thought you know it's always there
1: so adolescence
0: what <laughs> no no this is oh. No,
1: oh no i mean so 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 that was your childhood so then what was high school like and what was uh,
0: so my greatest years were seventh and eighth grade and i think it was because i grew up in the 80s and late 80s and it was like it was very like gender neutral so mm, like when yeah. you wore to school like girls or boys both wear wore frosted stonewashed jeans we had here right. you had a party um the the now and then party mm-hmm. here and it was like dress as your 12 year old self and that was the greatest party because that was like my happiest time um i'd go to middle school <laughs> seventh grade i'm still actually one of the girls that i was friends with in seventh grade lives in la and i see her sometimes she's super busy she has a couple jobs but um coca-cola shirts with an upturned collar stonewashed jeans pegged legs and boat shoes and guys and girls both wear those wore those things. I mean there was a difference in like jewelry and like, you know, seventh grade makeup and hair and stuff. But basically like I was dressing like all right. the girls dressed and like skewing on that side and everything was like pink and teal and super <laughs> femme. And so it was like amazing. And then as soon as like real puberty started happening, I remember um uh I went away from uh to Montana in ninth grade and I grew my hair long and I was really into like and I would like I would I would go home from school every day and put on ketchup lip gloss and make up that stuff and like look in the mirror and go like oh I kind of look like Danielle or I kind of look like so and so I look like like I look like these girls and then my parents would come home with, you know they're in the military uh, my mom got married to my stepdad after. Um, So it was, like, this military, super masculine military dude, which is when things got kind of bad, when it was, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of, like, getting called sissy and getting called those things Uh, and getting beaten a lot and that sort of stuff, yeah. So it was a lot... So then it became a lot more shameful. But up until that point, I kind of, like, got away with, like, being, you know, wearing parachute plants. And the 80s were kind of, like, androgynous. Right, And it kind of worked really well. And so, like, ninth grade, grew my hair long, got a perm...
1: Which nice. is kind of in style, wore ocean Pacific, <laughs> had,
0: like pink shirts and stuff. And I went back to Michigan and everybody was like, are you shad?" Like, they were like, you don't, you know, nobody recognizes me. But my dad was like, my stepdad was like, fuck you, sissy. Oh, I'm shaving no. all that shit. Out. It was like the crying game moment oh, for me. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Did, then, did he
1: really make you shave your head? Yeah,
0: I had to cut my hair Ugh. that I had grown and... And it was just and then from there on out it was like pure shame. And that's when I became kind of a nerd. Like I wasn't even nerd like I I start that's when I started reading comic books and mm. and all that stuff was like um tenth grade. And then tenth grade through twelfth grade it was just like pure trauma. <laughs> Of, like, puberty. I joined the wrestling team to sort of butch up, but that, like, really awoke in my sexuality. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Like, it was, a, yeah. And, Did uh, you
1: join because you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a man. I have yeah. to be a man. I and that's feeling. a
0: really common thing with trans women is that, like, a lot of people go into the military and it's just sort of like, if I have the right situations, mm-hmm. then I'll snap out of the shit. Like, you know, if I... If I join wrestling and lift weights, then the hormones will
1: <laughs> course <laughs> in my brain. If I roll brain. around on a mat with uh... a... <laughs>
0: yeah, which is not the way it happens because I have still I still masturbate to some wrestling matches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's when I understood sexuality. I, I first knew that I was attracted to men. Because that's the other thing, too, is like a lot of trans... If you're a trans woman or you identify that way you might you know sexuality and gender identity are completely different things you might be bisexual you might be interested in women but fifth grade is where i definitely but it was all super shameful and super secret and there was no you know in those rural areas there was nobody to sort of like say like this is okay you could be this it was pretty tragic as far as like you know from a modern point of view um i hung out last year now that i live in la like people come here a lot and this um girl that i graduated from high school with came here and now she's uh, a teacher in the school that we went to and she's like oh i'm the head of the gay straight alliance and i'm like what that is (laughs) like in rural michigan there's a Uh gay straight alliance and she's like and she was talking about that and she was talking about how like yeah like there are teachers and coaches that will walk on the other side of the hall just because she would form such a vile group wow but, yeah that's kind of so I grew up in that kind of an atmosphere and I was not good at all um which I think you know just contributed to me not transitioning until later I, I moved to North Carolina are we are we doing journey stuff now yeah yeah <laughs> okay I'll just keep going I won't make you do it when I was I think I was I think I was 20 it was after my 21st birthday. I, I always say 20, but those years are kind of a blur, and there's, like, no photos of me from, like, 15 to 25. Like, it just doesn't exist. Why where is that? Just because I was completely, like, vagabond and hiding and shameful. But, like, Russia. so, like, those years get messed up. But I remember I lived in a homeless shelter and worked in a homeless shelter when I was 21 for my 21st birthday. I ate pizza alone. Uh. Um, yeah, there was a coupon on the paper for like, if it's your birthday, you get a free cheese pizza, bring your friends. And I went there and got it alone. So I remember it was after my 21st birthday, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, because which is where you're from.
1: Uh, no, well, I mean, military North, family. Carolina, North Carolina, though. Well, my, uh, thanks for remembering my, my dad lives in North Carolina, but I'm not actually from North Carolina. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Navy kid. My dad's a chaplain. He retired to North Carolina. I knew
0: that your dad was a chaplain, but, w- oh, well
1: so now so now he's a reverend. Your listeners
0: know where you grew up. So <laughs> oh, no, I should, I'm not gonna get
1: into oh, it. Oh, yeah, my, my dad uh, is now a preacher in North Carolina and my brother and his wife live in North Carolina. They're
0: in the Triangle, right? They're in Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill.
1: Uh they're they're near Greensboro. Oh in Madison. Yeah. My brother lives kind of near Asheville.
0: Oh beautiful. Now. Yeah. Do you hang out in Asheville, have you?
1: I'm going in a few weeks oh, to the uh, Mountain Oasis uh electronic music festival to see (laughs) neutral milk hotel
0: rad oh well rad yeah (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah Uh, well yeah um i love asheville and i love neutral milk hotel so um i'm jealous (laughs) uh i moved to north carolina because like a friend of mine um in high school, I was talking about North Carolina and how they made movies there. And Dawson's Creek was made there. <laughs> like, all this stuff. So I was like, oh, that sounds like a really cool place. And it was right. also, like, a place that I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, basically running away from my family. So I was like, the South, the new South that North Carolina is. Yeah. It was, like, just a black hole to me. And it was like, no one will ever find me. So I was like, I'm going to move to North Carolina and I'm going to try this stuff out and try this stuff on so I did that. Um, I lived in a homeless shelter, and then ended up. What working. was
1: what was that like? And um, why? So so. Well, was it
0: was, a, it, was a Mar- it was in Marquette, Michigan. So I don't mm-hmm. think it was like as like gritty as like Skid Row in L.A. or like right. an urban homeless shelter. It was it was run by Catholic charities, and it was um, a lot of like Vietnam vets and, and immigrants and uh, and people with mental illness. Mm-hmm. So like, but I didn't have those things um, I just didn't really know how to live because <laughs> okay. I've never been a participant um, so I uh, I was living on the beach on Lake Superior and somebody and I hadn't taken a shower in like five days and I was doing like these sand sculptures so people would come up to me <laughs> I know <this laughs> is...
1: that sentence what were you doing sand sculptures? just because it was creative sand sculpture it was creative guess, and guess, it was guess, just really yeah. fun
0: and I would do like yeah, Poseidon Wow. Poseidon rising from uh, Lake Superior.
1: Wow! <laughs> yeah, and I would just do these
0: like big sculptures, and people would come and talk to me and like say like yeah, Wow, yeah. that's amazing! Like you're making these these giant like right. the overkill sand sculptures. And um, I remember one guy came up to me, and I was sleeping between rocks on the beach, um, and and this guy came up to me and said like Oh, well, there's this place called the Jansen House, you can go there and take a shower and stuff. So I went there. And they're like, okay, yeah, we, you know, if you don't have a place to live, you can stay here. So I stayed there. And I ended up working there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, kind of in, I don't even know what you call it, but I would go to the homeless shelter at 9 p.m., unlock the door, let everybody in, assign everybody bunks, sleep there that night. Sometimes it got crazy. Sometimes people were, if, you, if people were drunk, you weren't supposed to let them in, but people would have like ptsd moments or you know a lot of the guys that were vietnam vets would just have these like terrible dreams and waking dreams where they'd get up and start bothering somebody else and you'd have to like try to put them back in bed and then at eight in the morning you got everybody out of there and you kind of picked up and you closed the door so that was my job and then in payment as payment for that job they gave me a house in this place called the jansen house or a room in this place called the jansen house so like you know i don't know what those are like boarding house like a dorm or like kind of dormish yeah there's a bathroom on one floor but it's this old beautiful mansion Mm -hmm. and i lived in the tower so i got to there's this amazing view of lake superior i had like the the primo room of the jansen house (laughs) in marquette michigan but homeless people come kind of through and you just kind of like cleaned up and that was my job and then i got a job at mailboxes, et cetera, which is now the UPS store. And I saved up a thousand dollars and I'm like, I'm going to move to North Carolina and I'm going to transition. I moved there and I started going to this club called mythos. And it was this like multi-floor dance club, a lot of drag queens and trans people and gay. And I didn't have to pay. Um, And I lived at the YMCA and without getting into too much detail, like that was the seediest possible place. Like this, like Southern gay culture at that time, which would have been 95 or something mm. was dark and <laughs> gross. And everybody just like, it was a lot of like AIDS oh. and a lot of drugs and a lot of like, somebody has gone in the hospital tonight. Somebody's gone. You know, somebody's right. like, you know, this has happened to somebody, this is happened to somebody. And I had like a really bad experience with this guy that I was dating for a little while, who was 40 or whatever. And, uh, then, like, left there and was, like, I'm never going to be involved in, like, any kind of Ill, <laughs> queer, gay lifestyle at all. So was, the reason I brought that up or that you lived in North Carolina was because when you you and Dan went to North Carolina and, and on Instagram you were posting pictures and all I was thinking about is, like, tragedy. This terrible experience. And terror. <laughs> and I think I even me maybe dead, made, like, like a passive-aggressive comment of, like... I don't. I don't even know, but I remember thinking about it. Where it's just like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's nice that there's some kind of normalcy there, because to me it was like pure blackness and pure darkness.
1: That's so interesting. Well, yeah, I didn't even know that there was like. I mean, I, I mean, I, I I don't even think about a gay culture or gay culture in uh, rural North Carolina.
0: Yeah, well, this was Charlotte, so it's the urban oh, yeah. area, but. It's definitely very different. LGBT culture in the South is, like, completely different than... I had bottles thrown at me from the street, from the car, just, like, walking to the club.
1: So then you decided, like, okay, I'm not going to... Never
0: again. And Here we are. (laughs) Never again.
1: Uh, so, So in between then and now, did you... Were you just then saying, like, I'm... I'm gay, or like, were you like, I'm going to be like, what was your?
0: No, what compartmental or what the therapy has taught me is that I really compartmentalized. And so okay. I was just like all about work mm-hmm. and all about like not thinking about this part of me. So it was completely about work and not having a relationship. And then I met this woman who was super nice to me. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't want to talk about her too much because she's an existing human being on this planet, but we had a sexless relationship for mm. 12 years oh wow like, yeah this and i i kind of think of it as God, i hope she doesn't listen to this i kind of think of it as like situational sexuality like mm-hmm. prison <laughs> a little bit without you know not that our relationship was prison but sort of like right. my mind was prison and so it was sort of like men are not a possibility so what do i have to do to have some kind of companionship in this world Right. It was terrible. I mean, it was great. Right. Because I love women. Like, I love women, and I love hanging out with women. I love talking to women. But as far as, like, a healthy sexuality and a healthy relationship goes, it's not that great.
1: Interesting. And that, that was in Minnesota? That was in Minnesota. in Minnesota. That was the
0: time that I had in Minnesota, yes.
1: So you built up your career. You started this this amazing animation company.
0: Yeah, animation and interactive, we do a lot of, like, websites and marketing, and we're building, like, a wall at Paramount right now that's, like, a digital installation. Oh, cool. It's, like, it's kind of, like... I started as sort of a programmer, like, self-taught programmer, It's kind of, like, design and tech. Um, Animation came later, and I think people in LA think of us as an animation studio, because that's most of, like, the entertainment business that we do. Most of our money comes from um, interactive
1: and web stuff. So then what made you... What, what what was the transition to transitioning what was that
0: i had a son right yeah
1: with that woman mm-hmm. okay
0: um so i'm not going to get into details but in a very unsexual way we made sperm go into her okay and um
1: because you guys wanted to have kids
0: yeah okay. it seemed like a thing and she yeah. wanted to have kids and we were you know um we hit 30 and it was like let's give that a shot and then um and and i was thinking this will never happen like we had a lot of friends that were having kids and trying and like going into in vitro drugs and we were in our right. 30s and so yeah. it was like like nobody's having kids and a lot of our friends m- we have a lot of friends with adopted children and so it's just like this is not gonna work we tried it one time and it and we had a, <laughs> and I, I had a baby boy wow I hope my son doesn't listen to this since 17. But <laughs> so, yeah, so we had a kid, and then, then shit went crazy in my head because it was like, okay, I can lie. I never lied to her. Like, I told her I was trans at the moment we met, and I right. told her about my past, and I told her about all that stuff, and she knew it. And she, But she liked me as a human being, like, you know, somewhat funny and fun to be around. Right. And we were great. We went to Europe for three months, and we just had this great time. Um, uh and I still sometimes I'm like, I would get into a relationship with a woman in like a second if I could have that kind of like companionship because I'm mm-hmm. alone a lot, you know? Right. But, um, but yeah, we had a son like, and it was like, holy shit. And then I watched a celebrity wife swap. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's an episode with like one of the like. Uh, those, this old story. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, the change that most people, yeah. it was, um, it was an episode with the, the the like disgraced preacher okay who, yeah like who's clearly like gay but mm-hmm. is again situational sexuality closeted. So,
1: i've seen like two episodes of that show and one of them was that episode you know it yeah okay yeah, so I've what who, so it, yeah. what
0: was it, it was uh the I, guy... I forget his name i don't want to say the, the guy, wrong name the, like i hit in the head with the more mortars- who's crazy now
1: oh i don't Oh, it was Gary Busey. It was Gary Busey.
0: So it's the Gary Busey episode. And, yes,
1: and disgraced preacher. And who, disgraced preacher. Who who uh, hired a uh, quote unquote rent boy? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So
0: okay, so you've seen this episode, and other people should watch it if they care about my life. Um, I've only seen one episode of Celebrity Wipe Swap, and it was that one. Okay. And so I watched it, and you remember when his like daughter was like, Dad she's like 18 beautiful blonde you know she has a she has he has a a daughter and a son and she's like i I really just want to get to know you the son is like don't ask dad any questions it doesn't matter like the son is like very defensive and like doesn't matter if you know whatever like the son is is clearly shamed himself right but the daughter's just like dad i want to get to know you and then in that episode they have um they, they go into a coffee shop and the cameras are off. And you don't know what happened in that coffee shop. But it was like this daughter just, like, accepts this father for whatever he is and wants to get to know him. Because yeah. she sh- clearly has not been able to her whole life. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I cannot have this happen with my kids. I can't have my kids just be like, you're compartmentalizing, you're working mm-hmm. all the time, you shut down whenever anybody brings up gender stuff. Like, I, right, I'm like, you know, there's like mental illness that happens. The kind of things that happen to a closeted person, they're so intensely like... Yeah. And everybody sort of has defense mechanisms in different ways. Mine was like this compartmentalization around work. And then I would just become like catatonic around conversation or, you know, I'd become really jokey. So in social situations, it would just be like, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just going to like throw out a joke, like, (laughs) you know yeah like, a, like remembering that i'm even in the room with you and just like shut down but um but when he was born i was like i can't do this i have to like figure some of the stuff out so i started going to a the therapist and you know she's like you need to she she taught me what shame was and i was, and I cried for weeks yeah over shame and realizing that i had gotten to 280 pounds from shame and shame eating and And all of the shame that I had. And I never really addressed any of that stuff before. And because I I tried to go to a therapist when I was 24. And I was like, I'm transgender. I know what this is. The internet existed. So I know what this is. And I need help. And she gives me this paper that tells me that I'm like a self-loathing homosexual. And I just can't handle my homosexuality. And it killed me. And I was like, "Ah!" And so I believed that for a long time. Um, And then... uh, and some people still say that about me like our enemies right like there's people out there that are just like you're just a self-loving homosexual that thinks they need to be a woman to like like men like it's purely a social dynamic like a constructed social dynamic and and you know trans men who become um men uh who are born female um are just self-loathing lesbians who want male privilege, you know. So that's hmm. the criticism, and I believed it like big time, right, for a long time. And then it was like, but it didn't help me, yeah. <laughs> um, so th- so through a lot of therapy, I kind of was just like, well, you know, maybe I should try like a little bit of estrogen. Maybe I should try like a little bit of hormonal replacement therapy. Maybe I should do like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then it was just like. Um, a lot of trends, I may call it, like, the quickening. <laughs> like, you kind of just like, you're just like, oh, maybe I should try. And then immediately, like, call me, Susan. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it goes so fast. And L.A. was like that for me, too. Like, I moved to L.A. in September and with the intention of transitioning. I knew that I wanted to. I made a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. In one year, I'm going to, like, start building L.A. clientele so I can live and be financially secure. Yeah. And in one year, I'm going to... um Transition, and then Genevieve took me out in one night, oh, and yeah. Julia vickerman also like like put some makeup on me and we went to a gay bar because we'd always dance at gay bars together, and then like that, and then Genevieve like a week later, and then it was like, i'm never going back like I'm never ever ever gonna go back not that i I don't even think of myself as that much different, but it's done, it's over, and then all plans were destroyed at that point <laughs> at that moment.
1: that's great, yeah. um so how are you? How are you doing now? Like, how is your? Do you feel this is this is a really ignorant question? But like, do you feel transitioned? Are you? Is there ever oh, no. a time when you're like done? Like like a pie or
0: <laughs> as as the uh, cake maker asks. <laughs> like, really, <laughs> I just like I put the beautiful frosting on. I painted myself <laughs> up, and I clearly I'm ready to be served. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't... I... I... Right now, I'm in this sort of, like... I'm in this sort of phase of, like, trans identifying as trans. Like, Mm. it's not like... I'm not, like, a woman. I grew up... Like, I'm very aware of, like, all the political ideas and theories around this stuff. So, it's like, I grew up with male privilege. I didn't have a girlhood. I didn't have an early woman. You know, or, you know, it's different than being... A woman, a girl, and then a woman, hmm. like socially, because right, of yeah. like you know male privilege and oppression and all those things, the sort of feminist ideas. Um, so I know that that's different for me. Um, and obviously, I'm getting called sir and he a lot. So, no, I'm definitely not transitioned. I feel like I'm just getting started. I actually feel like I have taken a couple steps back. I was much more confident in january than i am now why
1: why do you feel like you've taken stuff back
0: i don't know maybe it's just like stuff has built up more and i was i was so or you know what actually my friend who's who who's sober susan mm-hmm. um burke who's sober related it to me it's like um alcohol is called the pink cloud and when you become sober successfully and you're like oh i don't have to drink anymore You go into this thing called the pink cloud where you feel like all your problems are taken care of. You've achieved this thing. And so I think that when I first Mm -hmm. started transitioning, it was like, I'm telling people this. I'm talking about it. I'm relating to people. People aren't hating me. You know, it's not terrible. And men are like asking me out. Like it's not, it's not doom.
1: Right.
0: So I think I was in that pink cloud of like, oh, I get to be a lady now. And then, then more truthful things happen, where it's like, oh yeah, men are dating me, men are asking me out, but it's like kind of a fetish.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, what is you mentioned dating? What is what is dating like? Like now, you you um, identify yourself as a as a woman. You have your head against your mic right now.
0: <laughs> I know dating is terrible, Erin.
1: <laughs> is it? Well, what's it? Uh, talk to me about it. Um. Well, so I guess there's.
0: For some people, it's great. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't think anyone understood what you said <laughs> to me, just that like, dating in general is terrible. Or maybe they didn't. Uh, some people, well, okay, so some Because it, cause I it think, is in some ways. I think
0: dating men, and that, that that's something that matters because a lot, I feel like the trans women that I know, or the trans or genderqueer people that I know who date women, like, I think women are just like. Much more sort of like cool and understanding, and you're much more likely to find a woman that's like, "Oh, you're like whatever, but that's cool. I like your personality." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I think I think that happens. But because I'm sexually attracted, and I say sexually because I want it to feel, because it means sexually. You know, like right. because I'm sexually attracted to men. Um, because I'm sexually attracted to men, it's hard and, um uh. And I ha- I'm i not doing it right now, actually. This is maybe a bad time to do this podcast, but I'm in that... I kind of always made fun of girls that were like, I'm just taking some me time. I'm not (laughs) dating right now. I'm going to try not to date. Because to me, it was always like, I remember on your, I've listened to some of your podcasts and I remember you saying that and I was like, fuck you, Erin McGabby. You're just like, oh, you're getting asked out too often. You can't, you don't want to, you can't handle the pressure of that. And you don't want to date for a while. So, um, so when women are like, oh, I just don't want to, you know, I'm like going to like spurn everyone or whatever. Harvey. <laughs> harvey harvey harvey's pulling my sock off which is adorable
1: harvey. speaking um, of trans harvey is getting neutered tomorrow
0: oh yeah you're one of us <laughs> which is a oh, weird going thing going from like the, the 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 thing that happens I,
1: that that's got to be the most offensive thing to say ever right <laughs> like oh, comparing it... my dog uh Well, like, you know, from gender
0: identity, but no, just like, um, no, I am, I think the hormonal sort of balance of humanity, like of people, Mm -hmm. I can get into a lot of like biological stuff, but like the way hormones work, I think trans people are really good for for this. I think actually women and trans women and trans men are really good for this. I think Mm -hmm. cis men don't really get it because it's like hormonally. It's like, it's not it's kind of like a thing now where like there's a testosterone injections or whatever, like Mm -hmm. when you're getting older or -hmm. when you feel like you're not your old self. Right. But I think women like with pregnancy and periods, like they really understand like the personality changes that hormones have. Mm. And, um, but like, yeah, for these animals, like like chopping off their, their testicles. We, if we're casual about it, I'm going through the same thing with my cat right now. He's ready to go. (laughs) He should be neutered. But it's like it's a massive thing. Like it's it yeah. means a lot. Like the how hormones affect the human body, or animal body, is pretty intense. It it's really responsible for a lot of like personality traits. I think, um, yeah, which is sometimes anti-feminist to say. Mm. But there are these studies that say that like the the bigger offenders in prisons are and and men's prisons are have higher testosterone levels and things like that. Interesting. so it's a pretty odd thing for us to just casually just be like oh we're removing this this dog's hormone um yeah
1: he won't want to go outside as much <laughs>
0: yeah be it'll be great yeah he'll be just, he'll just be chiller but in 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 and i think people that are watching orange is the new black kind of understand this a little bit but like it um hormones are responsible for like um mineral uh that's why women get osteoporosis after menopause. It's yeah. like it, it it helps with like mineral um,
1: depletion, absorption, absorption
0: uh, in the body. Yeah, and the ability. Well, you don't want
1: to help with mineral, mineral. It fights mineral depletion.
0: Yeah. Well, no, but it helps like get minerals to where they're supposed to go. Gotcha. And if it, without, distribution, yes distribution so with
1: <laughs> sorry i'm just like, in this a spelling bee all of a all on. yeah now just we are distribution.
0: Totally uh, so, so when
1: you when you were talking about dates and everything like what are like what are what are some of your experiences recently you said you mentioned earlier that like you didn't like feeling like a uh
0: dating and how about most of my dating is through. okay tell me a
1: specific story
0: um, or I have a lot of stories. Would
1: you tell me a the reason story? why?
0: Um, I'm fighting you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so like, don't get into my shit, McGabby. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why I'm kind of cooling it on the dating thing is not because I wasn't getting dates. I would go for a while. I was just like, I want to try a restaurant. Like, I'm gonna line up a date. You know, right. like there are plenty of men that like trans women and like my size and my shape and all that stuff. So, um, I am able to go on first and second dates fairly easily, but the experience I've been having lately, actually the last two dates I've been on have been with men who I was kind of into. Mm -hmm. And then, um, one told me before anything sexual happened that he was trans, (laughs) like a closeted trans person. Yeah. And then another one during sex, um, when I couldn't get him going, Mm -hmm. I was like, and I was doing it like I was pulling out all the tricks (laughs) I was doing some real sexy stuff and uh, he was he was like I was like oh do you want to be a girl and he's like yes because a lot of men that are closeted and super shameful about it who maybe have like a cross-dressing fetish or or are trans or all the myriad of human conditions that that deal with gender um Will find somebody like me and admire their my freedom or whatever and okay. want to see my boobies right and and penis. see what it's like um, yeah interesting so so that happened the last two times and that was pretty traumatic for me especially the bed one because like when you couldn't get it going like kind of just left and I just uh, like cried yeah um but before that I mean I've had I had my longest relationship was with the guy for like a couple months and it was really Out nice. Here? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and it was really nice. Like what he was just really sweet. He met a real woman. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Huh. He's a little older. He's 45, but he yeah, he met this this woman. He's like I You know, that's the problem too is that like aside from like all the society shames me but it shames my boyfriends more Mm -hmm. like men that are interested in trans women or want to know what that's like it's such a shameful thing the only thing that's not shameful is if i was so passable that nobody knew and it was a secret like a lot of a lot of men that like like trans women it's kind of their fantasy to have a, a trans woman with a penis that nobody knows is actually
1: what do you what do you think that's about I don't know. You I've you tried to, to figure it
0: out. And I've talked to a lot of other trans people about it. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> Bailey J, who I did, uh, did a podcast with, she just says that like men like penises. That's like the basic <laughs> thing. Like men fucking love penises. They love their own and they love them. They love them, love them, love them. <laughs> so it's a little bit about like just like men liking penises. So but it's, they like,
1: never talk about them. I don't think they
0: (laughs) understand. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Or push them in everywhere. I think, I think it's like, so, so. I think that there's some truth to that. I think that um, there was one guy that I dated for like a week, and then he wrote. You know, my relationships are tragic. It's like a lot of guys, and I think, I think a lot of girls go through this. But it's like guys that are just like telling you, like, I'll take care. Like, I want to treat you right. I want Mm -hmm. you to be my girlfriend. And then as soon as there's an orgasm. It's over, and huh. and so like so like you know there's a guy that like we dated and it was like great. which and I
1: wonder where the line is for that being like a trans thing and that just being a male thing because like g- g- girls go through the same well that's what thing. I'm saying
0: I think that every girl goes to that yeah like I think it is a gu- a thing that guys do. To every girl that I know, so it it is a girl thing. It's like as soon as the orgasm happens, it's like, whoa, what what did I say? It didn't even <laughs> matter. Like I'm not, you know. It's just like uh, yeah. you're signing the thing where it's like anything I said before an orgasm is not
1: right. And I meant it. I meant it at the time. But it's but such it's... a
0: bizarre so phenomenon.
1: Let's let's end with this. Like what what are like the most common. Misconceptions well, oh, what were going to you say that. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry yeah. I yeah. cut so you off For that guy
0: He's like I want you to be my girlfriend Right right I've dated trans women In the past And for that guy He actually To get back on the What causes like People to be interested In trans yeah. women He was like He maintained that When he like Sort of became of age And like started Became sexualized Sexualized Trans made sense to him Like mm. he He is like Trans oriented Like that's yeah. almost like His sexuality Is like and when I say trans, I mean, like, preoperative right. boobs and penis kind of trans. Um, and and I want people to kind of think about it in this way, too. Like, when we say, like, boobs and penis, it's like, when you start estrogen and hormone replacement therapy, the organ, the genital organ, changes pretty massively. Like, what we call penis on a trans woman is very different than, like, a typical, like, cis male penis because estrogen changes the organ. Same thing with trans men. You know the clitoris like really enlarges and become mm-hmm. almost like penile looking and right 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 you know like the lady. Well, it
1: already looks like a little. It does, penis, but yeah. when
0: you add testosterone to that, it just gets like Wah. like look up bodybuilder
1: like China. China. Not, oh, not the, oh, the bodybuilder, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wrestler, <laughs> the wrestler. Yeah. Does she
0: have nude stuff going on with like penis? she did a clitoris she thing? did a
1: porn and I and I could be mistaken, but I feel like she. She has like like her like her her clitoris is enlarged. Well, that's what so I was gonna was, say. Yeah. Like,
0: look up bodybuilder porn. Right. And yeah. With uh, cis, there's
1: bodybuilder porn.
0: Yeah. Well, like genetic women uh, or a genetic is not right because no, none of us have had our genes tested, and genetics are kind of like in a state of flux anyway. But a cis women porn who take androgens to build muscle.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, their okay. penises yeah. look
0: like, or their clitorises yeah. look like little tiny penises. Right. Or sometimes big penises. Like, it can grow, depending on your genetics and your situation, mm-hmm. they can grow pretty significantly into, like, a penis. And I'm then sorry. they get their, like, labial sewn together and then, and then, like, fake balls. Or, God, I sound so sensitive. But, you know. <laughs> the so, mimic insist-ative. Mimicking. Insistitive. Yeah. Um, um, so, but he, he maintains that he was, that that's his sexuality. Right. And to me, like, because we're all. That, that makes sense to me. Creatures of nature and we're all taught to like hump something for like survival, you know, <laughs> to like procreate. Right. And nature is going to say like, you should try humping this. You should try humping that. You should try doing this. It's going to want to do that to like make us breed and procreate. And right. Right. Be the fittest of course there's going to be, like, variation and people are going to be sexualized in certain ways. So there are men that are definitely, like, self holding homosexuals that, like, want, aren't really ready to admit that. And then, like, this, like, someone like me is, like, the gateway drug. (laughs) Or there are men that are just, like, I like penises. It doesn't matter. Or anal sex feels good because it does. Right. Um, Or whatever. I don't know. I think every single person that I've ever dated... And I was on a tear there for a while. I was going on, like, four first dates a week and just, like, just saying yes to everything. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like... I think there's such a diversity in why men like trans men, but the, where there isn't diversity is that society is so shameful. Mm. Like, you know, tranny hooker, or right, tranny this yeah, or tranny that. that it's sucks. like, you cannot bring me home to mom. You yeah. can't... I can. I can't go... No matter how nice a guy is, and how wonderful he is, and how he treats me well, he's not going to take me home for Thanksgiving, and that's the tragedy of like my life and my dating right. scenario, and that's what I want to avoid.
1: This is such an obvious thing to say, and I'm sure you've talked about this at length, but like the fact that tranny hooker is a thing, the fact that like men have to like go, and the fact that there's a market for that means that that's like a sec that's that's a that's a a sexuality that's not doesn't have its own thing like that guy that you dated who is trans-oriented like trans-oriented isn't a thing that people say are familiar with yeah the shameful thing
0: that's the kind way to say it like trans-oriented is you know two years ago people would say tranny chaser
1: tranny chaser yeah
0: like chubby chaser or uh oh. yeah or or, or um chuckle fucker or whatever like some kind, <laughs> like somebody likes um so it was tranny chaser but you know now we're like having the sensitivity and it's like oh my god the guys that want to date us have the same shame that we do yeah like and so we're much more sensitive to like oh that's why you're fucked up and that's why our relationship is fucked up because you have the same shame societal shame that we do and it's
1: and is there is there a voice for for those people like is there a
0: there are a couple like trans-oriented men help groups and websites and things like that but mostly it's just all underground stuff for now Mm. well
1: let's let's end with this like what are some uh what are some common uh, misconceptions and questions that people ask you like things that we haven't addressed on the podcast can you think of anything that's Um, Speaking
0: to the masses. The masses. I think that... um, I think one thing is that, like, no matter what you see when you see me, whether you see male or female based on your own background and your upbringing, is to understand that I am a trans woman and trans women want to be called she and her. Mm -hmm. So, like, whether or not you think of me as, like, a woman or a man understand that I am a trans person and a trans person goes, you know, right. Like, so I think that's a misconception. It's like, people have this hard time, like dealing with like, whether I'm a man or a woman and they like, have are this you, like very, very binary structure fit. in their brain. Right. And it's like, just like get over that mm-hmm. and like, forget about that. Forget about like, whether you can reconcile with me with what you understand a woman to be, or what you understand a man to be under, you can think of me as this like third or ideally thousandth because you have, you're not compartmentalizing that much, but think mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a trans woman based on like the signals that I'm giving you and my socialization. And, a, and that trans woman is a she and a her, not a he and a him. Right. So I think that's one thing. Um, don't talk to us about our genitals. Cause I think for a long time, that's like the thing that mattered the most, but it's not that important to us. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know that conflates gender with sex and it's like you know male and female and penis and vagina but we have such a different understanding of sex than you do um than most people do because like we know that there's 40 different variations of human sex like common vary not common or typical but known variations of human sex outside of like xy male right. and xx female like the stuff that you were taught in health class is just not the objective truth of life, there's 40 different, there's XXY and XYX and X null. And they're just like, you know, we're, we're biological things, mutations. Every single one of us is a mutation. You might have, you might inside of you have resistance to HIV because of your biological mutation. Unless you're exposed to HIV, you're not going to like really understand that at all. So like, I think that that's kind of a thing I don't know what misconceptions there are. I am lucky enough to live in Hollywood and be surrounded like by people like you who are, you know, pretty sensitive.
1: Amazing and talented and so fun. You invite, fun in the and night. You invite <laughs> me to ladies, you. invite
0: ladies stuff. And it's like really, I mean, validating sounds like the wrong, wrong word, but it feels safe, frankly. And it's like, okay, you see me the way that I see myself and want to be seen. So there's a safety there. Not everybody gets that if you're in... You know, Texas or wherever. So I feel pretty fortunate.
1: do Do you have anything uh, that you'd like to say, like any are there any closing, closing? Date
0: date me without shame. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) No, I mean we can end up that. Well,
0: I'm curious. You told me that you had some trans people or people that were interested email you and say, "When is a trans person going to be on the show?" And I'm honored to be the first one. Yeah, of many, as this becomes a trans specific podcast. Sure. Um, did they have any? Uh, concerns or thoughts that they want
1: I um no, I probably should have reached out and asked questions people it was just general, like
0: I feel so bad for the person that's like, I want a trans person on this show and it's like not chatty, but... <laughs> no good, Wyatt, <laughs> not, but no like it's more silly. of a hot uh, one with a better voice
1: what? Oh, God. Look Stop at hating yourself.
0: huh
1: yeah, yeah, stop it all right, love yourself.
0: I'm working on it. I did yoga today for the first time in my life. How was that? It was nice.
1: All right. Thanks for being on the podcast.
0: <laughs> Bye, Erin. Bye. Bye, everyone.
1: All right, guys. That's the show. Uh, you can find Shaddy on Twitter and uh, tell her how much you enjoyed this interview um, or just say hello. Shaddy's handle is at Shaddy Patowski. That's S-H-A-D-I-P-E-T-O-S-K-Y. Also, check out Puny Entertainment. PunnyEntertainment dot That's P U N Y. I am at Erin McGathy, um, and you can follow. This feels terrible. Um, at feels terrible. Otherwise, um, you know, have a great week. Drink a lot of water. Water is good. Ah, God, I just realized I forgot to say my goals this morning. <laughs> I wanted to start a new thing where I said my goals in the morning. I made a five year uh, five year plan yesterday. So, um, that's all. (laughs) So do that. No, this is annoying. Um, uh, are you guys still listening? Um, I, I, uh, I used to be afraid of the other side of locks. Like when you take a lock out of a door, like the mechanism, I used to have a weird phobia that I had to... I had to, like, teach myself to not be afraid of anymore because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Happy Halloween! Terrell Audio Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open
0: for Pro Business Hours, 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe's for Pros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.